be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This is your host, R.C. Norman. Consider yourself renewed. Welcome, welcome, my family and friends, to another week on the episode of Renewed. Listen. We are absolutely, we are absolutely thankful and grateful just for you being with us once again on another episode. We never take for granted your time. We never take for granted your ear. We never take for granted for just you tuning in. We are so thankful. As always, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know, we are so grateful just to be counted amongst the land of the living once again. We are thankful unto God for the blood that runs warm in our veins because we truly, truly could have lost our lives last night while we were asleep. But we thank God for grace. We thank God for mercy and for him giving us another chance. We absolutely do. There's nothing that we have done to deserve his grace, to deserve his mercy. And that alone requires praise unto God. The Bible said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. And so if you have breath in your body, you absolutely owe God praise every day. He is worthy of it all. There's no one who's worthy of the praise than him. He is our all and all. And I thank him for who he is. Listen, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for those who have shared with your family and friends. And listen, if you have not, do me a huge favor. Continue to share. Let them know about your renewed experience. Let them know. And our mission is to for us all to grow, that, that we grow together. And Guess what? This word is not strictly for you. It's for me as well. The word goes to me. And guess what? This word hits me first. And my job is to share with you what God has given to me, what he has released to give unto you. Listen, I give it to you and it don't cost you a dime. (laughs) Not at all. Freely we receive, freely we give. And this is what it's all about. And my my hope. And my desire is that you will absolutely walk into the fullness and the destiny that God has predestined for your life, that you will walk into everything that God has for you and that you won't miss not one thing. I pray that God perfect everything in your life which concerneth you. And listen, if you have not, do me a favor. Subscribe. Rate, review, share with them uh, your renewed experience. Uh, also, I would love your feedback. If you you can reach out to me um, via inbox, uh, via email, or it's rcnormanministries at gmail.com. Or, or here it is. You can also reach me on my website at rcnormanministries.org. These are some of the ways that you can reach out to me and those are some ways that you can get at me and also listen if you want to leave me a prayer request where you would love for me to pray for you I absolutely will I will pray concerning whatever it is that you want me to pray for and trust and believe it will be strictly confidential between me between me 
you and God. <laughs> and we absolutely go to God and we want God to give you the answers for your life. So we're not going to prolong the time. What we are going to discuss on this evening, we're going to discuss the, um, I, I want to talk about the topic, the, the most three deadliest dangers of this world. Yes, the most three deadliest distractions of this world. They're absolutely distractions that can absolutely kill us. And we're going to go here. Let's go to First John. Always, always. I, I know I say this before and I, I want to say it again. I love echoing this and I love repeating myself about this because I love to come strictly from the word of God because it's the word of God that will absolutely change our life. My opinion, my word doesn't have the, the power to change your life, but God's word has the power to absolutely change your life. And so this is why I give you the word of God. I come strictly from the word, not based on my opinion. You know, you can challenge me all you want to based on my opinion, but you can't cha challenge the word of God because the word of God is truth. It is true. <laughs> it's God's word. For the Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing and dividing the asunder of soul and spirit. And it's a discerner of the intent and thoughts of the heart of man. It, the, the Bible has the ability to cut you and heal you at the same time. The word of God and the word of God will absolutely penetrate your flesh and will absolutely. And it's always it's always worn against your flesh. You know, your flesh hate. It will hate the Bible. It will hate the things of God. It absolutely will. And this is why you have to yield your life to the Holy Spirit. OK, that's another topic. Here it is. We're going to go to first John two. First John two. And I want to start at. Let's start at verse 15. 1 John 2 and 15. It states here, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the, of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of, pride of life is not of the Father. but but is of the world. Some people think that worldliness is limited to external behavior. But here it is. The people we associate with, the places we go, the activities that we enjoy. Worldliness is also internal. It absolutely is. For it absolutely begins in the heart of man. It is also characterized by three attitudes. These are the three things that we want to discuss. Number one, number one, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the flesh is preoccupation is preoccupied with gratifying physical desires is your physical need and your desires. It, these are what the lust of the flesh is. So these things are distractions. They can absolutely have you missing God. It's the lust of your flesh. You know, a lot of times we desire things that we know that's not of God. We lust after worldly things. We lust after 
a man that's not our husband or we can lust after a woman that's not our wife and we can lust after things, material things, lust after cars, um, homes, money, whatever it is, our flesh can absolutely lust after and we can desire that thing more than we desire God. And that this is the thing that can absolutely kill us. This is why the Bible says uh, to destroy your flesh. The Bible. Let's go. I want to go here. I want to go here real quick. We're going to come back. We're going to come back to this. Um, but it absolutely is the lust of the flesh. Let's go to Galatians. Galatians 5. I want to read it real quick to show you here in the word of God. And it says here, Galatians 5 and... Where is it? 5.24. Here it is. Five Galatians 5.24. And it says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Yes. Let me say it again. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So when you are so when you become a new creature, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Whole old things are passed away. Behold, old thing, uh, new things are become new. So we have to absolutely allow our flesh to die. We have to nail it on the cross. And one of the ways that we nail the flesh to the cross is with the word of God. The word of God absolutely will nail your flesh to the cross. For the Bible says it's the word, the bread of life that will keep us. And David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And the problem is why we are so easily consumed by the things of the world is because we don't have any word in us. We don't have any word. Listen, if you do not eat God's word daily, you will eventually become spiritually malnourished just as if you don't eat food let's say you go days weeks months without eating you eventually will die you eventually will die if you don't eat if you go over 40 days plus without eating you absolutely will die you will and so you have to take this in the same way spiritually. If you don't eat the word of God, which is the food for the Christian, if you don't eat this, you will become spiritually dead. You will. And this is why you must absolutely eat the word of God daily. You have to have a daily intake of God's word because it's the word that will keep you. It's God's word that will strengthen you. This is why he called it the bread of life. He is the living bread. And we must eat of him every single day. We must eat God's word. God's word will absolutely satisfy you. It will fill you. God's word will crucify your flesh. Your flesh will not be able to rise up if you kill it every day. You have to make a conscious effort to kill your flesh. And two of the most vital, listen, I'm going to give you three ways of how you can absolutely kill your flesh. One of the ways you can kill it is by prayer, is by humbling yourself and seeking God every single day. And the second way that you can do it is by absolutely reading and not just reading God's word, but studying God's word. Yes, just not by reading it, but studying. The Bible says study to show thyself approved. And so you must study God's word. And so that that word can be embedded in your heart. Paul, I think it was David said, 
or was it day? Yes, David said. He, he said, I meditate on God's word day and night. We have to meditate on his word day in and day out. God's word. This is how we grow spiritually. And the third way that you can do it is by fasting. Some things come out by prayer and fasting. Fasting is vital. It absolutely will kill your flesh by fasting, by denying it. It absolutely will. Your flesh will watch this. The spirit man will grow. If you fast, he will grow. If you feed him the word of God, if you kill the flesh by denying it, what it want, if you deny it food, what your body needs or craves, if you deny that thing and you absolutely eat God's word and you seek God. I guarantee you, you will grow in the realms of the spirit. You absolutely will. Your relationship with Christ will grow. It will strengthen. So these things are vital for a Christian walk. These things are vital for keeping you. And if you want to, these are the ways that you can be kept. God is a keeper, but you must also, this is why the Bible says to those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. So this means that you must do something. Yes, you have to. The Bible tells us to mortify the deeds of our flesh. Let's go here. Colossians 3. This is what it tells us to do. Colossians 3. He tells us to mortify. Colossians 3 and 5. He says here, mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. He tells us here. To mortify, therefore, the members. I, he, so the members is our flesh. He tells us to mortify those things in our body. So mortify means to put to death. You have to put to death those things in your flesh that tries to rise up, that lust in, in your flesh. You lusting after things that's not of God. You're lusting after worldly things, material things, money, greed, whatever it is that's not of God, that's pulling you away from God is absolutely a deadly distraction. It is. It's a deadly distraction and it can absolutely have you missing God. And so this is why it's so, so vital, so vital to to give your life to Jesus Christ. And watch this to mortify your deed. You have to be intentional about crucifying your flesh every single day. Number two, materialism, materialism, which is the lust of the eyes. That's the second area. The lust of the eyes is and is ruled by possessions and power. This is what ones want when he lusts of his eyes. So the Bible always says that the eyes of a man are never satisfied. And so this is why you must absolutely allow your eyes. Ask God to God. This is, should be a prayer of every believer. God, sanctify my eyes. Let my eyes see what you see. Let me see through the lenses of Christ. Let me see through the lenses of the spirit of God. No longer allow me to see through the lenses of carnality, the look through the lenses of flesh. Because if you look through those lenses, you will absolutely miss God. You will absolutely miss the destiny of God concerning your life. 
You have to look through the lenses of Christ. You have to look through the lenses of the spirit of God because the spirit of God will absolutely lead you into all truth. These things can absolutely overtake us because we crave things and we begin to accumulate things that's not of Christ when we lust after things. Always look, we look at things that's becomes desirable and we crave it. We can crave it because we see it. And sometimes we see things that, hey, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, as well as share with others. Thank you. Oftentimes, it's not what God has for our life. (laughs) If your flesh really craves for something that you know you don't really need, if it's something that you know that will absolutely pull you away from God, then you should run from it as fast as you can (laughs) because the enemy will absolutely distract you from that thing that you see that you may think that's a diamond, but absolutely could be a cubic zirconium. (laughs) So you have to be very, very mindful of not running to everything that you see. You must ask God for wisdom, ask God for spiritual discernment. God, let me see what you see. Let me look through the lenses of Christ so that I won't walk in error, so that I won't miss you. Because I know the lust of the eyes are trying to consume me. It's trying to take over my life. And the lust, look, this area right here is because you look at something, you may look at, you may see a man and he could be walking down, uh, he could be walking in my, you say, oh man, he's fine. And you just, uh, <laughs> you start walking and, and switching a different kind of way, just trying to get his attention or looking at him. Or uh, man, you could be looking at a woman that you know that's not your wife. And look, the Bible said, if you look upon a woman that's not your wife, you already committed adultery. You already have. So that's the lust of your eyes. Your flesh is burning. And so you must ask God to help me sanctify my eyes, God. I don't want to see anything that can have me missing you, have me sinning against you. Because if you think of that thing, you already sinned in your mind. Just because you haven't acted on it doesn't mean you haven't sinned in your mind. And so what I do at times, I ask God, God, forgive me for even the thought of a sin. And if you do that, it will keep you from actually walking in sin for actually having that sin to come to action. If you repent of a thought. Yes. (laughs) Ask me how I know. Been there, done that. That's a living testimony. That's a testimony. Listen, I've been there. I've done that. And. Here's the third thing. The third thing is what we call the pride of life. The pride of life. Here it is. This pride of life can absolutely take us over because it's the obsession with one's status or importance. You you are consumed about your importance or your status in life. You are so worried about how people view you rather than how God view you. Your focus is is really misconstrued because you are so worried about how people view you, how people see you. You want to be have so much power and so much status that you strive after things. You strive after material things. You work three jobs you work like a hebrew slave just so so you could keep up with the joneses or keep up with the kardashians 
<laughs> Listen, that's not of God. You should be so consumed. That's why the Bible says to set your affections on things above and not on things on this earth. Because if you learn how to set your affections on things which are above, that's what your treasure is. The Bible said where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. So if your heart is consumed with worldly things, then guess what? That will your treasure will be. And you have you are not storing anything up in heaven. And so this is why we must be in a, and live in a position to get a away from the pride of life, wanting to be large, wanting to be in charge, wanting to be the big boss on campus, wanting to be the big kahuna on our job, want to be the one who everybody run and come to, want to uh, be shining, want to always crave for attention, craving for attention. That's that's the pride of life because you want your ego to be stroked. You want people to tell you that you are something where you really are nothing. <laughs> you really nothing. If if you are striving after this, because guess what? This is what had the devil kicked off the whole out of heaven. This is what had him kicked out of heaven. This is what had him kicked out of the presence of God. The pride of life, because he was he was prideful. He wanted status of importance. He wanted to be like God. And that's what got him in trouble. And so this would absolutely get us in trouble. The pride of life when we want to act like and be like God. And a lot of times we say, well, I don't want to be like God. But if you strive for power, if you strive for prestige, you strive for fame, or you strive for things or just want to be seen and wanted to be known, then that's the pride of life. It is the only thing that we should be concerned about is loving our neighbor or what our neighbor have or concern about their welfare, concern about others well-being. This is what we should be consumed about the souls of other and consumed about our salvation, our walk with Christ, because at the end of the day, the only thing that we do for Christ, that's the only thing that's going to last. <laughs> Nothing else is going to last at the end of the day anyway. And so this is why it's vital to set our affections there. For that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but it's of the world. So if you have these three areas in your life that's distracting you, it's not of God. It's not. And so if these things are absolutely have been the hindrance in your life. You need to go to God and ask God to forgive me. Watch this. We all attempted in these areas. This these these three areas is how God tempted Eve and how he tempted Jesus. In these three areas, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl will be tempted in these three areas. These three areas, again, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. These areas will absolutely come to tempt you. They will. And watch this. We must always pray. This is the antidote. This is the antidote for what I just stated. The lust of the eyes, the lust of flesh and the pride of life. I'm going to give you the antidote. These are the three areas that will absolutely penetrate and allow these three areas that are distractions to be deceased in your life. Always pray for number one, integrity, integrity. That's what would kill the lust of flesh, integrity and your character. Walking upright for God, having godly values, having self-control, 
You have to have you have to be disciplined in order to be a disciple of Christ. You must exercise discipline. You must be disciplined and have self-control when you know, like, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be uh, shacking with this man that I know that's not my husband. I shouldn't be uh, going out when I know. Oh, I shouldn't be going to this bar. Watch this. You know you struggle. You struggle. You are just a recovering alcoholic. But yet your friends call you to the bar and they just want to hang out. But you just say, okay, I'm strong enough to go to the bar and just hang out with my friends. Well, the Bible tells us thou should not tempt the Lord thy God. And you are absolutely tempting yourself when you know you are a recovering alcoholic. Why would you play with fire? Uh, my mama, mama used to say, "You play with fire, you get burned." And so, listen, we shouldn't. You shouldn't play with fire. You playing Russian roulette. You playing dangerous games. You shouldn't play with things with that you know you struggle with. Things that you know are a problem in your life. That's absolutely a distraction. You shouldn't play with it. The second thing, generosity. This will absolutely kill the lust of your eyes. Being generous to others, a spirit of generosity will absolutely help you, help you with materialism. It will help you with uh, possessions and power, being generous, giving to others, giving more than you receive. This spirit of generosity will help you in this area. It will because you won't be consumed about things. You won't be so consumed about material things and what you have and what you are trying to gain. Just by being generous to others. Look, you can go to others when you know they're struggling. They, their light bill may be behind. They may be uh, missing a payment on their rent or something. And the, God could just place it on your heart to pay it for them. That's generosity. Or, you know, they may be uh, struggling this week. They may be behind on a paycheck. And some people, you know, whether we want to believe it or not, live from paycheck to paycheck. They really do. And sometimes they stretch things just to try to make ends meet. If you know that, if you know you have a neighbor that's struggling to make ends meet, why not? If God has blessed you or more abundantly, he gave you uh, a few thousand dollars. What's what's what does it hurt you to give them if God plays five hundred dollars? I guarantee you that will absolutely help them and they will absolutely be so grateful unto you. Now, that's true love being concerned about the welfare and needs of your neighbor. That's generosity. That's a spirit of generosity that would absolutely kill the lust of eyes. It will. And the third thing that will absolutely help you with the pride of life is humility. The antidote for the pride of life is humility. Always walking humble, always walking low, never thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to. This is this will absolutely help us. This will absolutely kill the pride of life. It absolutely will, because when you walk with a pride of life, you are so obsessed with your status and walking humbly. You are not concerned about your status. You are just concerned about what God wants for your life. You never put yourself up on a pedestal. You never walk with a self-righteous attitude when you learn how to humble yourself, when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. The pride of life is obsession with one's status or importance. And when the serpent tempted Eve, watch what he did. He tempted her in these three areas. Also, when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, these were his three areas of attack. It was. 
So we have to know by contrast, God values self-control. He values spirit of generosity and a humble service. It is absolutely possible to give the impression of avoiding worldly pleasures while still harboring worldly attitudes in your heart. It is also possible like Jesus to love sinners and here it is to spend time with them while maintaining the values of God's kingdoms. So here's a question that we all should ask ourselves. We should all ask ourselves this. What values are most important to, to me? What is it? Do my actions reflect the world's values or God's values? That's that's a reflection, a reflective moment. We really should ask ourselves those questions. Do my actions reflect the world's values or God's values? Because at the end of the day, we have to love what God loves and hate what God hates. God, he loved the world, but yet he said, I came, I came not to send peace to the world, but I came to send a sword. He did. And he said also in John 17, Jesus said, I pray for those that you have given me. I pray not for the world. He tells us to come out from the world, come out from amongst those and be ye separated. The world and the kingdom of God is like oil and water. It cannot mix. You cannot be consumed with the spirit of the world and the cares of the world and try to walk with Christ. It's impossible. It's a conflict of interest because the world absolutely hates the things of God. The world despises the things of God. The world does not want to walk like God. It don't want to walk like Christ. And so you have to absolutely disconnect from the world, the things of the world that tries to lure you in, the things of the world that tries to pull you in. You have to disconnect from it. And the only way that you can do this is by the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will absolutely give you courage. He will give you boldness, confidence, insight, ability and authority. It's the only way that you can overcome these deadly distractions. These three deadly distractions. Only if you believe in Jesus Christ as Savior can you experience the raw power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's the only way that we can is by receiving the Holy Ghost to overcome these three deadliest distractions in our life. These three areas absolutely is trying to destroy you, whether you want to believe it or not. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. You are an overcomer. Don't allow your tests to destroy you. You guess what? You can pass the test. Even if you fail the last one, you can pass the next test. When you learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give you the answers. It will be an open book test and the Holy Spirit will give you answers how to overcome the next test that faces you, that the enemy tries to send your way. You can overcome. The Bible says that overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. What you are going through now is merely a testimony to 
help others come over. A lot of times when we go through things, it's not just for us. It's to help others come over. You are an overcomer. You will make it. You shall not die, but live and declare the works of God. Hallelujah. Listen, I want you to know that you are not alone. You are not by yourself. You absolutely have someone praying for you. I am praying for you and you have other people who's praying for you. People love you. And the most important person that you have praying for you is Jesus Christ. He is our heavenly intercessor. He is sitting on the right hand of God, making intercession for the saints day and night. Hallelujah. 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 And I pray for you as well. I pray that God will continue to perfect everything in your life. I pray that God will bless you. I pray that God will continue to lead you into all truth. I pray that God will cover you, cover your family and that everything that you touch, that it will, God will bless it. It's my prayer. It's my hope. It's my desire for your life. Listen, I love you all to life. May God bless you. And listen, if you have any questions, any concerns, please reach out to me. I love you. Love you all to life. Until next week, God bless. Now, this is my most favorite part of the show. And I am so excited. I like to call this part the renewed experience. Because it's at this moment where you are presented with an opportunity and an experience to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. You are now presented with the opportunity to live a new life, to be renewed, to be born again. Wow, what an honor to be chosen, called by Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 10 and 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So this is the first step in order to receive salvation. But you have to confess it out of your mouth and you have to believe it in your heart. But first, we have to do the first step, and that's confessing and believing and allowing him to enter into our heart. So if you would, I'm going to pray a prayer, but I need you to repeat after me and say, Dear God, I know that Jesus is your son and that he died on the cross and was raised from the dead. And because I am a sinner and need forgiveness, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart. I am willing to change the direction of my life by acknowledging you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior and by turning away from all of my sins. Thank you for giving me forgiveness. Thank you for giving me eternal life. And most importantly, thank you for saving my soul. Now, Jesus, I believe that you are the Savior and I believe that I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Come on. Hallelujah. The angels rejoice when one coming to the kingdom. Now, if you have made this decision, please reach out to us on our website at rcnormanministries.org or you can email us at rcnormanministries at gmail.com or either on our Facebook or Instagram at rcnormanministries. We would love to know about your decision. And we would love to keep you on our prayer list as well as pray that you will be filled with the most precious gift of the Holy Ghost. We are so excited. This is the best decision that you could have ever made. Now you will live your best life. You thought you had new life, but you have never experienced life like this. And that's why I like to call it the renewed experience. Please, please, please subscribe. 
as well as leave us a review. Also, leave us a rating, preferably five stars. And also, do me a huge favor. Share it with your family or friends. Don't be selfish. Don't hog it all to yourself. Share with them the grace you have received, which is called Renewed.